This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras on 680 CJOB. Uh, Sands, Jim Toth, he's off today and tomorrow. Kelly Moore is in studio with me. Kelly, how are you? I am well. You're looking resplendent in your Jesse Briggs Winnipeg Blue Bombers jersey. Yes, uh, had to put this on. Got clocked by uh, Brett the Hitman McGarry today coming around the corner. NHL player safety looking into it? Well, I hope they are because there were some threats that were also uttered. And so I hope that we're going to ongo. I I hope the investigation is going to ongo and Brett's going to be held accountable for spilling coffee all over my shirt and getting me to roll through some <laughs> some mm-hmm. cabinets looking for a bomber uh, bomber jersey which I'm wearing right now but anyways we'll get to that we'll get to that uh all in a little bit we'll also talk uh, some Pierre-Luc Dubois the very complex deal cap implications asset agreement contracts all that sort of thing we will discuss that uh as the show goes on as well 14th overall pick from 2022, Rutger McGroarty is going to be joining us after 1230. Uh, Jets' first round pick last year. He's going to be on the show right after the 1230 news, so don't miss that. But first, our guest, uh, very graciously joining us, Sam Constantino, uh, joining us right now, hockey and draft analyst uh, with Sportsnet. Hey, Sam, how are you doing? Yeah, doing well, Cam, Kelly. Good to hear your voices, guys. Everything is, uh, is coming along. Fun day at work here in the hotel room looking out at the 100 degree heat <laughs> yeah, nothing wrong with that um you know and we'll, we'll get to the draft in just a second but i i keep asking our, our guests this question uh how, how do you view and of course that pierre-luc dubois the situation with him los angeles montreal all the stuff going to be ironed out hopefully by the end of the week or over the next uh, 48 hours or, or whatever it's going to take how do you view this upcoming change for the winnipeg jets is it a, is it an organizational failure or is right now looking at it an organizational opportunity well, I think it should be looked at as an opportunity because, you know, Pierre-Luc Dubois has been with the, the core group here the last few years uh, and it hasn't worked there. So changes need to be made. And if Pierre-Luc Dubois is, is part of that change, then I look at it as an opportunity. And, you know, if, if the two rumored destinations in, in both L.A. and Montreal are, you know, proved to be true, you're talking about two organizations that are that are pretty deep with uh, you know, with prospects and also have some guys uh, on their current rosters that the uh, that they can give up that can that can move to to Winnipeg and start to grow with, you know, this kind of revamping of the Jets. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll turn to the draft now, and uh, this is probably the first question you always get asked, but it, it's definitely the one that I want to I want I to know the most here uh, for the Winnipeg Jets. You know, these are always so difficult to predict. Uh, I, I don't ever pretend to know the difference between these players. I mean, I'm, I'm a guy here sitting on the 30th floor in, in, at Portage Maine here in Winnipeg, but what kind of player could the Jets be able to draft at around 18th, barring a trade or anything like that? We've been hearing about how deep this, this draft is. Uh, who, what, what kind of player, broadly speaking, could be available at 18th? No, I think there's going to be a, the center position is going to be available. Uh, there's three guys that come to mind in particular. Nate Danielson would be one, so fans would be somewhat familiar with him in your uh, listening area, having played with Brandon in the last couple of years. Really good two-way guy. He's got a bit of size to him. Um, super responsible. I think those guys are always really coveted players. The thing I like most about Nate is the fact that, you know, if, if, he, if he doesn't project as a top six scorer, 
you know, the, the basement for me is a guy who's going to play a good two-way third-line guy, probably play a second power play unit, and probably be a guy that's that's going to be a, a main piece on your PK. So you're you're getting really good value there. The other guy I think about is Otto Stenberg. He's a 5'11", 185-pound center out of, out of Sweden. Had really good bookends to the season. He was excellent at the Holenka. Kind of dodged his way through a couple of different teams and challenges throughout the year in Sweden. But at the end, there 18 worlds, uh, you know, rose to that prominent guy that we saw going all the way back to August. So, again, you're talking about a guy who's got the two-way capability, probably a little bit more offensive upside uh, than what Danielson would have. The numbers wouldn't look that way on paper, but a deeper dive as to where Danielson played uh, and as to where Stenberg played most of the year, I think would elicit a little bit of a different response uh, from scouts. The other guy who I think is a really interesting player and is somewhat along the lines of, of Rutger McGordy would be Cal Ritchie out of the Oshawa Generals of the Ontario Hockey League. This guy at the Holinka Gretzky in August was a projected top 10 pick. You know, later found out that he, uh, you know, his shoulder popped out at that tournament and played all year, missing, I think, nine regular season games with Oshawa. Um, the shoulder issues bothered him right through the world. When we met him at the Combine, he was in a sling from having had that labrum surgery, but still put up 58 points in 59 games. And I think there's some history there going back to, you know, U17s, U18s, that sort of thing that, that would make him uh, a very attractive and, and maybe a little bit of a, a, a surprise there for Winnipeg. So I'm looking at three centers at that spot. The injury picks are always interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they sure yeah. are. Yeah. Hey, Sammy, uh, I'm just kind of wondering here, uh, because this particular draft class uh, was hit as hard as any uh, by the uh, the pandemic, once you get past the first 10 or 12, does it become a little bit more of an inexact science as a result of that? Well, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, Kelly, because there's no doubt that this, this group has been impacted by the pandemic. But let me flip the tables on that just for a little bit in the league that you're most familiar with there in the WHL. Yeah. The WHL put a lot of effort and spent a lot of resources getting to play 24 games in the respective bubbles. And that experience, where 15-year-olds typically don't play in the league, had the opportunity to play in the league. That's why we're seeing the results of the projections that we think are, are going to come to fruition here at the draft with the Danielsons, the Heights, the Jaggers, these players, uh, you know, the Bensons of the world, had the opportunity to go in there and get accustomed to what life is like at the WHL. Now, it wasn't an exact replica, but it was close enough for those guys that when they came back at 16 to play a full year, really understood what it was all about and were able to kind of, you know, hit, hit the ground running, if, if you will. So for the Western Hockey League guys, that's why we're seeing a lot of prominent names projected to go in the first round. And I do believe that pandemic experience is largely responsible for that. Now, get, getting uh, commentary about the rest of the group, sure. You know, whether it's in minor hockey where you miss some time, whether, you know, the Ontario kids missed their yeah. full first year. Mm -hmm. So that's really problematic. And it'll be reflective in what we see in the draft, probably looking at maybe three OHL kids going in round number one. Um, so that's been challenging. And for the rest of the world, they played in fits and spurts, mm. but again, nowhere near replicating what you'd see throughout the course of the regular year. So I, what I think that means, Kelly, though, is I do think it makes it more difficult for projection, but it also makes for higher ceilings because of that uh, misdevelopmental time.
You know, the other thing that really stands out for me, Sam, going into this draft, we haven't even got to Wednesday yet. Uh, you know, I, I just go back to last year, uh, La uh and how busy it was that night. And, and already, you know, <laughs> we have uh, nine different teams will be making 17 of the 32 picks, and that's notwithstanding any deals that happen over the next uh, 48 hours or so. Yeah, and, and that's going to be pretty fascinating for me, too, to keep an eye on that because I, I do think that there is movement still to be had. You know, the pressure point obviously comes when you when you show up in the rink and the draft table set up and you start to see those general managers walking around that, that hour or two before the draft. A lot of those conversations have, have already been had, but a lot of them, I do believe, get consummated in that time leading up to when we actually start. Having said that, you do have, you know, a guy like Daniel Briere who's already been pretty active and, and looks to be more active. You know, you think about the Hayes deal that's been put on hold. Um, guys that are a little bit more new at it who are just trying to get a head start on it who maybe don't want that pressure point to, to have an impact on, on their decision-making, and so they're getting out in front of it a little bit. But I believe the draft board as it stands today will probably look different by, uh, you know, by 7 p.m. tomorrow. Sam Constantino uh, joining us right here on 680 CJOB, hockey and draft analyst with Sportsnet. He'll be part of the coverage uh, there on Sportsnet on Wednesday. Sam, I really appreciate the time. You, you take care and uh, have fun over the next couple of days. Okay, Cam Kelly, thanks a lot. Had a bit of a green light, light last night, paying the price for it now. It's, it's <laughs> from here on in, boys. Oh. You, didn't, you didn't find your way out of Tootsies, did you, or nudies? <laughs> Who, what? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I see nothing. I know nothing. I'll tell you what, this guy, this guy here is one of the absolute best at his craft. And I'm not saying that just because he's with us. I've known him for eons. Uh, and uh, maybe the only guys who will be busier than Sammy uh, in Nashville will be Kevin Day off and uh, Craig Conroy. But uh, yeah, thanks a bunch, Sam, for all you do, not just this year, but every year. Yeah, I appreciate the kind words. Thanks a lot, Kelly. Camp, take care. Have a good day, guys. Absolutely. Talk again. Uh, Sam Constantino, hockey and draft analyst with Sportsnet. It's going to be interesting. I mean, these are going to be some action-packed couple of days for the Winnipeg Jets. Stay tuned here on Jets at Noon. Coming up after the 1230 News, last year's 14th overall pick, uh, first-round selection by the Winnipeg Jets, Rutger McGroarty is going to be joining us right after 1230. That's going to be a fantastic conversation. I want to ask him uh, a year later. I know he's, he said it on the draft floor that he blacked out and didn't really remember. Maybe some memories oh, came back I'll tell to you him. What, Cam, I, in all the years I've covered a draft, I have never seen a kid smile oh, yeah. like Rutger McGroarty <laughs> did that night. It was unreal. Absolutely. So we'll talk to him after 1230. Uh, also, uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, are making their latest induction to the club's Hall of Fame. I'll tell you who that is when we come back after this. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Kelly Moore in studio uh, with me, uh, my partner in crime uh, over the next couple of days here. Uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, uh, as I just announced in sports, of course, pleased to announce the latest induction to the club's Hall of Fame kicker, Justin Medlock. He's going to be honored uh, at the uh, Wednesday, October 18th, Blue Bomber Gala in support of amateur football. And then again in the final home game uh, of the season on Saturday, October 21st versus the Edmonton Elks. The first thing I take away from this, Kelly, is I, you know, Medlock retired, of course, uh, prior to coming back um, for the 2021 season. But the the sort of the Grey Cup champions from 2019, they're already starting to make their way into the yeah. Hall of Fame. And I wonder, as the of course, this team is still very much in contention for the Grey Cup. 
But it, I, it's just kind of the first indication that as things soar, as the years sort of move by, we're going to see a lot of Grey yeah. Cup champions find their way into the Hall of Fame and perhaps in other places as well. This is an absolute, uh, and I would say historic era for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers that, as you mentioned, began in 2019 and continues. And you know, with Money Medlock, the one yeah. thing I always wonder about Cam, and I know we've got to make this quick, but <laughs> if there hadn't yeah. been the pandemic, and of course, Mark Leggio was taken in the fifth round by the Blue mm-hmm. Bombers in 2020. How much would Mark Leggio have benefited from having Justin Medlock around as a mentor mm-hmm. in 2020? Would things maybe have been different for him? I mean, we'll never know. Yeah. Uh, but I always wondered about that, if he could have just had a little bit of time you know, uh, with the, the tutelage of Justin Medlock. You know what? It's 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 a great point because, you know, Sergio Garcia only came in, you know, at, yeah. at the deadline the, in, in 2021. Uh, and he was, of course, took over the kicking game and the, the place kicking game at, at, at least. And, you know, you, you, you have to wonder how these how these yeah. things were. You know, Justin Medlock went back to California, I believe. And he was. Yeah, he's uh, selling real estate. But, you know, he's a, he was a field flipper. Justin oh. Medlock, you know, you didn't have to drive to the 35 or the 30. Fourth all-time in uh, points by a Winnipeg Blue Bomber put on the board uh, just right behind. I think got 802, right behind uh, Milt Stiegel, who was 809. Let's come back after the news at 1230. Rutger McGroarty, Jets prospect, 14th overall pick from last year. Uh, he'll be calling into the show. Looking forward to that conversation. You should, too. We'll be right back. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, they're, they're kind of in, in line with Nebraska, so uh, we, you got like uh, North Dakota. You, you just got to respect those, uh, those, little, those little towns, and uh, I feel like uh, yeah, Winnipeg's a great spot. Uh, Jim is off today. No Jim Toe today and tomorrow. Kelly Moore is in studio, and we are joined by Rutger McGroarty, Jets prospect, who you just heard in that clip, uh, I guess a little bit over – what about around a year ago? Just today? under a year Just ago. Just under a year was, ago today. Yeah, July 7th. Yeah. Uh, hey, Rutger, how are you doing? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, just uh, just under a year ago, you were on that stage in Montreal. I remember you, I think you said you blacked out at the time. <laughs> so have you, have you regained any of those memories uh, looking back on a year from now? Or you're, you're uh, back? That's so funny. That's so funny because I'm actually in Nashville right now for uh, the draft uh, coming up, and uh, I was just telling one of my buddies that's getting drafted this year. I'm like, man, like I I have no memory of what happened. Like I heard my name and I was <laughs> I was done. Like I, and then next thing you know, I'm hugging my mom and sister. I'm like, wow, I just regained consciousness. Like that's a little weird. Yeah, oh man, it's amazing. Um, I mean, it was it was a great year for you, uh, really coming into your own in in the World Juniors. I mean, making it to the Frozen Four. Uh, what do, what do you take back from the year? I mean, perhaps, you know, when it comes to the World Juniors or the Frozen Four, which experience did you pull the most from? Um, I mean, both have their uh, both have their pros. I mean, World Juniors is awesome because it's international and you get to see the world's best and uh, your own age group. And last year was 03s, 04s, a couple of 05s. Uh, and so that that's, that's really cool because you get to see the different styles of play if it's Finland, Sweden, uh, Slovakia, like the, those are really cool to uh, learn from those guys. And then the Frozen Four, I mean, that's that's what you work for all year. So uh, it, <clears throat> I, I don't want to say it means a little bit more, but that's something that you work for your whole the whole year. And uh, especially going to Michigan, such a great school. I mean, we we really wanted it, and it was a it was a crappy ending, but uh, it happened. And uh, I, I mean, that was a great experience going to Tampa, playing in the Tampa Bay Lightning rink. 
Hey, uh, Rutger, I had the great pleasure of uh, interviewing you last year in Montreal, and uh, I've covered many drafts, but I don't ever remember anybody smiling like you were when you uh, came uh, back from the Jets table. Uh, but just you mentioned you're just talking to a buddy. Was that buddy Adam Fantilli? And if uh, uh, even if it isn't, uh, you had a chance to watch him up close and personal. How good is the projected number two pick uh, in this year's draft going to be? Uh, sadly, it was not. It was not Adam, but uh, he is. Uh, I mean, he's awesome. I don't know. There's, there's not enough words that you can say about Adam. He competes, he scores, he sets up plays, he hits guys. He's the most competitive guy in practice. He's the first one there, last one at the rank. Like, he's Adam's the man. I mean, he won the Hobie Baker in his freshman year. He, I mean, you guys know all the stats, but, like, this kid as a person, he's, like, like he's just like anybody, any other guy. Like, he hangs out with the guys. He, like, he's he's awesome man like adam adam is one of my best friends and he's uh he's truly it's really cool to be a part of his journey yeah i i can hear the smile through your voice you know Rutger. it's just fantastic <laughs> really is hey i know one of the talking pieces last year after you were selected 14th overall uh was uh how dedicated you have been uh to working on your skating mm-hmm. where are you uh in in your own mind on that uh, uh mission in life uh, for me, I mean, my skating is, uh, always going to be something that I want to improve. I mean, uh, that's been this, that's been since I was 10 years old to the rest of my career. I mean, I'm going to be working on that. I feel like it's definitely improved since last year and it's just going to keep improving this summer, getting bigger, stronger, faster, more explosive. I mean, this summer is definitely a big summer for me, uh, going into my sophomore year. And then, uh, I, I feel like it's, I, I feel like my skating's definitely improved, but uh, I'm just going to keep working on it. How come you decided to go back to Michigan for your sophomore year? Uh, I would just say, I mean, what's the rush? I mean, mm-hmm. once I once I eventually end up uh, signing in, in Winnipeg, I mean, I, I want to be ready to come in and dominate and be an impact player. I mean, uh, and I feel like coming back for my sophomore year, I feel like uh, just grow under Brandon Dorado, go to the University of Michigan, grow as a person. Uh, I feel like for me, that's that was what was best for me. Yeah, no, it's a it's a fantastic program going on there. Uh, your your time with the U.S. Uh, National Development Program as well. Uh, a lot of your your teammates cited you as in you know your fantastic leadership in the locker room on the ice. Uh, I I got to ask you, what makes a good leader on a hockey team? Uh, on a hockey team, I feel like I feel like there's two main points. I feel like uh, being the guy that like everybody knows that like you're gonna give your 100. percent I feel like that's the main thing. Like you, like you look to your left and you see that guy, he's, he's always going to be working. Like there's not a doubt in your mind that that guy's got the right mindset. He wants to do it for the team. Uh, and then I would say the second thing is just being like a super approachable guy. Like don't be that like hard. I mean, there's different types of leadership, but like for me, I feel like I'm not like the hard in the locker room. I like to kind of keep it loose. Like I, I know when to, I know when to tighten up a little bit, like before games, but like at practice, keep it loose, like be an approachable guy, have fun in the locker room. I mean, the locker room is the best part of hockey, like hanging out with those guys. That's that's uh, what everybody misses most. I mean, hot, like the locker room is the best part. So I feel like that, that those are two main points. 
If you're just tuning in uh, right now, Rutger McGroarty, the number 14 overall pick in the 2022 draft by the Winnipeg Jets, uh, joining us here on Jets at Noon. Rutger, uh, you know, you said that your sophomore season, uh, obviously, is going to be at the University of Michigan. Uh, we'll see what happens as far as junior and senior years are concerned. But whenever you do make that decision, I'm sure you're aware uh, that uh, this Winnipeg Jet Hockey Club will look a lot different than it does now. Uh, do you... Do you take a look at that from a, wow, this is a great opportunity for a young guy like me. Uh, for me, like, yeah, like I see it, I see it like on Instagram or on Twitter, whatever it is. Um, for me, I, I've just been uh, kind of focused on Michigan. Like that's where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I just want to, I just want to develop here. So uh, yeah, like it, it's like, I see it, but I haven't really been thinking about it too much. I just, I just want to say it, uh, I just want to be at Michigan and fully develop there and uh, be fully bought into uh, the Michigan Wolverine process. Yeah, uh, and that and that makes sense. I just have one oh, quick yeah, one here, yeah. Cam. Just because the rules around NCAA athletes have changed a little bit, uh, Rutger, with you know the ability to uh, uh, gain revenue through likenesses and that sort of thing. I don't. Does that affect on on uh, have any effect on you coming here for the the rookie camp, or uh, do players that are committed to the university programs can they still not come to a rookie NHL camp? Uh well, I'm I'm gonna be at development camp next week. Okay. Um, and then uh, the rookie camp is that like the rookie? No, no, that's what there? I no, you know. That's what I meant. The development camp. You just answered yeah, the, the question yeah. there. That's great because yeah. I want yeah. Winnipeg fans to see that million dollar smile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to getting there and meeting everybody. Um, just being being in the public there. Uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. So, where do you spend your summers? I know you're in Nashville now, but you know most of your time. Uh, I spent it in uh, Northville, Michigan. I and I, like I train and skate at the USA Hockey Arena. Okay, okay. What do you get up to there other than just skating and stuff? Uh, you know, honestly, this summer I've I've kind of gone big into rollerblading. I I I I played a little bit of roller hockey uh, growing up, and then uh, me and my buddies just throw on the wheels and kind of buzz around town, see what's going on. It's been fun. Are you familiar with some of the guys from the U.S. national program that are up for the draft this year? You know, I think of the Ryan Leonard's, the Gabe Pearls, those guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm really close with, like, uh, Ryan Leonard, Oliver Moore, Gabe, uh, Will Smith. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really – because a bunch of those guys got called up their 17-year to my team 18-year and, like, played a couple games with us. A couple of them were at U18 Worlds with us. You know, before I let you go, uh, on the text line, 204-780-6868, this uh, texter asked the final one for you, Rutger. He said, you got to ask Rutger about that wild back-and-forth game in the World Juniors uh, (laughs) against the Swiss. And, of course, uh, soon-to-be Winnipeg Jets teammate uh, Chaz Lucius uh, uh, scoring the winner in that one. I mean, what was that like? I mean, you got three assists in that game. That was that was was against Sweden, not the Swiss. Sorry, Sweden, yeah. That was the text message. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that game was was nuts. I mean, (laughs) it was... uh, Obviously, coming off into an emotional loss versus Canada the night before, I mean, uh, bringing home a medal for your country is the number one thing. Like, if you go there and bring, obviously, you want gold, but like taking home a bronze is still a big deal. So, uh, our team went into that, won the win, and uh, I mean, it was it was a crazy game. Uh, I forgot we were up a little bit. They came back, and then we scored on the power play with like a minute thirty yeah. left. And I was like, kind of like, I sit, sit, sat there on the bench. I took a swig of water. I'm like, all right, like, I think, like, I think we got this one. Like, and then next thing you know, they bury with like, I think it was like 28 seconds left. 
to make it six six or seven seven. I don't even know that game was seven seven. It was seven yeah. seven. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. The eighth ga- the eighth goal and was then, the winner. Yeah, go ahead. And then Lush and then Lush scores the game winner, and everybody was it was it was such like a. Uh, there was a lot of ups and downs in that game for sure, but I'm, I'm happy we came out on the right side. Rucker McGordy, Jets prospect, 14th overall pick last year, uh, Jets first round selection. Rucker, hey, thanks so much, man. I, I can't wait to see you up here, honestly, man. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks a ton for having me. I'm so excited to get out there and uh, get things going. Yeah, I'll see you in a, see you now yeah, on the fourth. When get things half, get going, yeah. yeah, when the development camp gets going. Rucker, take care, man. Have fun in Nashville. Perfect. Thank you so much. Have All a right. good one. All right, let's take a break. Um, we'll come back. I'll tell you Holy what. Holy moly, Kelly Moore. Just just a, an absolute gem of a human being. Uh, just a, a small sample size of meeting Rutger in yeah. person. I, I tell you what, if you're, Jets, if you're a Jets fan, come out to the development camp. This yeah. kid is the real deal uh, when it comes to just being totally charismatic. Yeah, my uh, first uh, time I've been able to speak to him, like, yeah. I'm real impressed. I'm telling you, I... I you can see why the Jets yeah. picked him at 14th. And high. he's a darn good hockey player. Absolutely. Too. Yeah. He's and he's a point per game in NCAA yeah. in his rookie year and with the in the Big Ten. That's exciting stuff. Let's come back on the other side. We'll talk about Pierre Luc Dubois, the latest that we can confirm on that situation. How are things playing out? What do we know? What do we don't know? And I'll just say this. There are tons of moving parts and lots of things that have to come together for a trade like this to come up and get everything sealed and sent to the league office for confirmation. We'll be right back. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Well, we got a text message from Tim. Uh, we just had Rutger McGroarty, uh last year's first round selection by the Winnipeg Jets on the program. If you miss that, well, you can always find us in the audio vault at cjob.com, or you can just download the podcast wherever you find podcasts on Apple, on Spotify, just go to, just search us up jets at noon at like you're sending an email, email the, the podcast has been doing fantastic starring Cameron Poitras and uh, yeah. And featuring Kelly Moore. Well, no, no, no. I was going to go and featuring Jim Toast (laughs) for this edition. It's Kelly Uh, and Tim Texas show. We just had Rutger McGordy on Uh, man. Do the jets need a leader like Rutger? He can't get here soon enough. It seems like he's exactly what the room needs. A true leader. And again, I I said it when we were, we were moving to break. I am so impressed with that conversation. The thoughtful answers, um, I just think that means a lot. Yeah, and and I I want I know that uh, you know this is a uh, uh, an era of upheaval, a year of upheaval for yeah. the Winnipeg Jets. But I would also caution that you know what there are some good leaders in that room. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've covered hockey for a lot of years, and Josh Morrissey, Adam Lowry, Brendan Dillon. There's a few other people there as well. Outstanding yeah. leaders. And if you're looking for positives with the Winnipeg Jets, I know that there's so much unknown going on yeah, right now. But in this I get what, uh, what that gentleman just mentioned on text, though, because yeah. yeah, Rutger McGrory just blows you away. Yeah, and when you look at some of these guys coming up, and, and Brad Lambert confirmed that he's going to be joining us tomorrow at twelve thirty. Bad Brad, <laughs> big, big Bad Brad's going to be joining <laughs> us at twelve thirty. There's there's lots of positives going on uh, this organization. I know there's all this unknown amidst this upheaval, as you just yeah. said, and we're waiting to see how things kind of smooth over as as we head into to the draft coming up on Wednesday. Uh, but there's lots of positives to go with the Winnipeg Jets, and uh, we'll have to wait and see because there's, again, lots of unknowns. We'll see how things how yeah. things turn up. That's yeah. for sure. Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois. Right. 
Kelly, what can we say about the situation right now with Pierre-Luc Dubois? Well, I, you know, there are a lot of names that are being tossed around out there. Uh, you know, and 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 so, you know, whether it's Gabe Velarde, whether it's Alex Iafolo, you mm-hmm. know, before Sean Dursey got traded, he was kind of uh, mentioned in a package as well. So, you know, the, these are all moving pieces. Nothing's confirmed. And the way I understood it uh, uh, from a, a fairly, well, I'm not even going to say fairly, very reliable source, mm-hmm. uh, is that, uh, you know, the deal wasn't even really halfway done yeah. yet as of, uh, you know, late yesterday afternoon. I haven't checked in since then. Uh, but it's kind of interesting that uh, our friend Arpan Basu from the Athletic Montreal mm-hmm. uh, chimed in today saying, you know, if things happen to fall off the rails with uh, the Jets in Los Angeles, <laughs> yeah. Montreal still on the periphery. And, and, you know, Paul Edmonds last week on his Jets report, he uh, felt that Montreal was still the lead dog, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in the Pierre-Luc Dubois sweepstakes. So, yeah, it's... These are not easy deals to do. I mean, look at that deal between Philadelphia and St. Louis that's kind of hung up right yeah, now. You know? exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're waiting to see all and, this. And yeah. Carolina and Philadelphia on Tony D'Angelo hit a snag. Yeah, absolutely. I think so, that had to do with the 12 years, and there's some issues with the yeah. potential. So that's why, you know, yeah. you, you, you've got to just kind of pump the brakes a little bit. And until it's said and done, and I, and I know, you know, that our job is to create speculation and rumors and expectations and that sort of thing, but... And you got to do it with some accuracy. Too. Yeah, and yeah. so like I, I, I joined Global News at at uh, at seven thirty every single Monday uh, at the studio here. I, I I jump on there, and of course I do the morning the morning sports run and all that here on six eighty CJOB every weekday. Yeah, Cam um, rolled in and said, "Old man, it's time to leave. I'm taking over." <laughs> I said, yeah, yeah, that's how it happened, Kelly. Send that's me, exactly send me right. Me to the park bench to go play checkers. <laughs> yeah, that's that's yeah that yeah. Thanks for reminding me. That's exactly how that that's whole exactly thing rolled out. Yeah, out. thanks for not. Throwing that in my face until now, um, but uh, but <laughs> anyway, you were saying you yeah, do the, it, the anyways, morning I, hit. Yeah. I, I was trying to s- explain to everybody as as because I know everybody gets excited. They start saying, "Oh, you know, what, who's coming here? Who's yeah. going there? What's going on?" There are so many moving parts in a, in a in a play like this, and I know you can. There can be speculation because Sean Dursey gets sent to Arizona, one point seven million dollars off off the right. books yeah. for Los Angeles, right? Okay, that could be an indication that Pierre Luc Dubois uh, that they're making cap room, which it it might be. I'm not saying you, that's not what's yeah, going that on. That makes total sense, though. E- exactly, yeah. uh, but. Uh, Los Angeles still needs to sign a goaltender at some point, yeah. right? And they have $9 million in cap space right now. So if it is Pierre-Luc Dubois, who's reportedly searching around the number of nine, $9 million on an, on an eight-year deal, if he signs with Winnipeg and then is traded, um, there's there's a lot of things that still need to be dealt with. Of course, you, if, I, I, I follow if that money comes over here. I think he's on $4 million over the next uh, the next two years. So yeah. if, if he does make his way over here, of course, that's moving some well, capital. Lardy's at RFA right now, so it, you've got to do a deal with him. Exactly. Yeah. And so there's, 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 there's that moving part, the yeah. cap space. There's coming to an agreement on assets being moved back and forth between LA and the Jets. And then there's the actual contract yeah. with Pierre-Luc Dubois and the Los Angeles. Kings. Yeah. So all this stuff being worked out yeah. right now, it's a big, it's a tall task. Yeah. And if it's Velarde, well, then the Jets are going to probably want to have some type of absolutely uh, uh, deal in place point. as well. So you know, and that's where you know I, I think that uh, yeah, we're we're not halfway done on this, and and by no means uh, can you say, oh yeah. Pierre Luc Dubois going to Los Angeles. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know that you can say that with great conviction. I'm so not surprised by those reports about Montreal at the sort of sliding in yeah. on the end here well, going like, yeah. you know, if things don't work out, you know, there's yeah. this because, you know, I, 
Montreal ser- it serves no purpose to them to, other than to slow play this. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Without no, a doubt. No, no doubt about that. You know, we've got the NHL awards tonight, and you yep. were mentioning that uh, Connor Hellebuck, of course, is speaking to the media in Nashville uh, in advance of the awards. Yeah, speaking to uh, Luke Fox with Sportsnet. Uh, real quick here, we only have about a minute, uh, but saying, uh, you know, on the lines of, you know, I'm, you know, right now I'm a Winnipeg Jet. Uh, for you know, I could be in Winnipeg next year. I, I think he will be. You That's, think? You, yeah, you I think I, so. I, well, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. Uh, and we could maybe talk about that on tomorrow's show a little bit, Cam, because, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I said it in my Jets reports today. You know, mm-hmm. there's a, a priority on how things have to roll out. And for the Winnipeg Jets, you know, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Blake Wheeler are the most pressing issue, pressing issues. So it might have to be two out of four. Ain't yeah, bad yeah. right now. And you know what? And I, and I listening, to, listening to that, you're going to hear it again at 255. It's very interesting. The Mark Shifley camp has been very quiet. You have no. not heard anything from them. And it seems like, in, look at the Calgary Flames. People are chiming in when they want to make a move. And just to, just to, we'll end on this quote. This was from Connor Hellebuck in Nashville. Of course, up for the Vesna tonight. Uh, I'm a Winnipeg Jet right now, and wherever I end up playing, it could be in Winnipeg. I'll give it my all. So we'll wait go. and see how things go out. Kelly, thanks so much for, for hopping in. Jim Toth will be off again tomorrow. He'll be back on Wednesday. Thank you very much Jeff, for, to Jeffrey Forche for producing the show. Great job as always. That's it for me. I'll be back same time tomorrow. See ya. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB.